the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm not your servant. I'm not your slave. I may be good at trouble, but I'm not yours to change. What is going on, everybody? It's another Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I come first from Hailstorm. Got a chance to see this band uh, back on Thursday over at the PNC Bank Art Center uh, down in Homedale, New Jersey. It is from their uh, latest uh, CD, Back from the Dead. Boy, let me tell you something. This girl can sing. She got a fantastic band. It was a lot of fun. Had a great time with some friends and uh, just enjoyed myself wholeheartedly uh, at uh, PNC. I always have a good time at PNC Bank Art Center. No matter what the show is, uh, I make it happen. And another show of which I went to by myself, which I was alone. I, I was with friends, but they had other seats. And, you know, I sat by myself. And it's, it's such an interesting experience to, to be at a concert alone with nobody around you that you know to share the experience. It really does become uh, yours. It's unique. Um, I don't really have time to get into it here, but maybe one of these days I'll share the story of going to see you uh, 2 alone. And what an amazing night that I had. we got a great show for you tonight. News and notes to get to, and we've got to get to them because uh, in the next two segments, uh, we have the man behind Departed Souls Brewing, Brian Kulbaki. He will join me. Actually, rather, I will join him at the brewery for two segments. Lots to talk about with Brian. Of course, uh, the New Jersey uh, Alcohol Beverage Control uh, playing the role of legislator and enforcer uh, at this point. Uh, new beers forthcoming from him and so much more. We will get into all of it coming up in 10 minutes from now. But I want to dive into news and notes because there is a bunch of stuff to get to. And since we're going to be talking with Brian over the next two segments, we might have not, not have time to get to other stuff. Stone Brewing, a couple weeks ago, ramping up for a major expansion. Obviously, it is being acquired by Sapporo USA. That, that, looks to be, that deal looks to be done uh, come the fall. That'll be finalized. But Stone is going to be doubling their current production, obviously, to meet the demand for Stone Beer, but also for Sapporo Beer. So in preparation for that, Stone is promoted from within. Nicole Williams has assumed the role of Senior Director Brewing Operations for Stone Brewing in Escondido, while Robert Kuntz is now Senior Director Brewing Operations for Stone Brewing in Richmond, Virginia. So it is a bi-coastal director of brewing operation roles, essential in scaling the brewery's award-winning beers to match the brewery. Um, they uh, anticipate Stone and Sapporo 
to brew a combined 720,000 barrels of beer by the end of 2024. Stone's total barrelage in 2021 was just over 360,000 barrels. The brewery anticipates an additional 20 to 40 million in capital investment into its Richmond, Virginia brewery, 10 to 20 million in Escondido while taking on the production of Sapporo beers for the U.S. Stone will continue brewing its award-winning beers just as before with the same passionate team. So there's some work to be done at the Richmond, Virginia location, which I have not been to, and maybe worth the drive down as they are uh, getting stuff together there. So uh, I will be out in Escondido in November, so definitely want to check out um, Stone uh, again because it it's a great little tour, and the, the, the experience in Escondido and the food in the beer garden is just fantastic. Maybe stop at Liberty Station, too. Uh, a big week last week for Five Burrows Brewing. Uh, they announced the release of their first year-round hazy double IPA, Big Tiny Juicy IPA. Uh, so Big Tiny Juicy, tropical aromas of stone fruit and citrus, flavors of pine, orange peel, and cantaloupe complementing the slight malt sweetness. Hazy, pale yellow with fluffy white foam. The brew, finish, the brew finishes out with a creamy mouthfeel from the addition of flaked wheat and oats, bright and refreshing with big flavor. And they are thrilled to announce that Tiny Juicy IPA was awarded the bronze medal in the Session IPA category at the World Beer Cup. Congratulations to them. So that is huge. Love uh, the guys from Five Burrows Brewing. Got a chance to uh, sample a few beers from Five Burrows Brewing this past weekend at the pizza party uh, that was put on by Killsborough. Second annual um, pizza party event at Snug Harbor. We'll do a full review of that on next week's program. It was a great time uh, that was had by all. And in honor of Tony Gwynn's 2,000 and 3,000 hits back in 1993 and 1999, uh, Al Smith has brewed up two special commemorative beers featuring artwork by ground floor murals. Mr. Padre 2000 is a San Diego-style double pale ale, while Mr. Padre 3000 is a San Diego-style triple pale ale. Uh, join them on Saturday, August 6th at the Tasting Room to celebrate Tony Gwynn Day with activities like Padres Trivia, live art activations from ground floor murals, and the Padres vs. Dodgers watch party uh, at 6 p.m. Drink specials are available during the game to help root for the home team. Food trucks will be located on site. It's a free event. All ages are welcome for complete details. And to RSVP now, uh, head over to Eventbrite, do a search for Alesmith, and you can RSVP to that event. Public Offering Brewing Company, which is a community-minded brewery in the South Broadway neighborhood, proud to announce their grand opening this fall. Cheekly named in part due to founder Cody Higginbottom's investment banking background, the financial associations stop right there. Instead, public offerings name and nod to the idea that beer isn't the only offering made to the public the whole brewery is. Now, Higginbottom apparently worked with Cord Design Studio and Novum Contracting Group to bring his vision of the brewery to life, anchoring the tap room, views of the 10-barrel brew house, and closed with floor-to-ceiling windows with bar seating all around that allow guests to see the entire process from grain to glass. The eye-catching tap room blends industrial with natural elements to provide a bright, comfortable, and inviting space, boasts an indoor uh, pergola floor, a barrel roof, large community tables, front and back roll-up garage doors, as well as a 2,000-square-foot back patio with plenty of parking on site. This is great. Uh, Higginbottom's brewing background, 10 years of home brewing, a craft brewing certificate from Regis University, and an internship at Station 26 Brewing under the tutelage of Wayne Wannanen and Alan Anderson. For more information on the brewery, just head over to publicofferingbrewing.com. I think we're going to have um, Cody on the program as they get closer to opening, which is great. Um, so Epic Brewing 
is in San Diego, which I have to check out uh, when I get out there uh, in November, is going to be brewing a uh, a beer for the founder of San Diego Beer News, uh, Brandon Hernandez. It's a commemorative beer. This is this is the two year anniversary of San Diego Beer News. A great resource, by the way. Uh, just do a search for SDBN uh, or San Diego Beer News, and believe me, uh, Brandon does an amazing job of keeping everybody afloat on uh, what is going on in San Diego uh, with beer news. So uh, it's called Just the Facts IPA. It'll make its debut at a pair of public release events at Epic's Point Loma Waterfront Beer Garden and Vista Brewery and Beer Hall on Friday, August 12th and Saturday, August 13th, respectively. I definitely want to check out the Point Loma uh, Beer Garden. That sounds like a cool place to go to. Just the Facts IPA. Uh, let us see. It is, I believe it is a West Coast version uh, IPA. Uh, last year, Bergeron Beer uh, did a limited edition cover story IPA to celebrate their one-year anniversary. Now, Just the Facts IPA will go on tap during special events that take place in the tasting rooms on Friday, August 12th and Saturday, August 13th. It'll go on tap uh, at a number of places, and then it'll be available for sale in four packs of 16-ounce cans at both locations and on Epic's web- website beginning Monday, August 8th, and at retail ac- accounts across San Diego County where Epic beers are sold. Kudos to Brandon. Kudos to Epic Beers. That's pretty cool. Uh, Metallica, Knuckle Bones, um, and uh, what is the brewery? Calicraft Brewing Company are coming out with a Cliff Burton-inspired beer uh, with the Cliff Burton estate uh, that with a portion of the proceeds going to the Cliff Burton Music Scholarship Foundation for rising youth musicians. Pre-sales are now available for this beer. It is produced by Calicraft a brewing company. It is a Cliffhamall is the name of the beer. It's an IPA, 6.4% ABV. That's being brewed by Calicraft. It's available for pre-order online at Craft Shack. Uh, it is the seventh beer in the Knuckle Bones Beverage Series, which combines the love of great beer with a devotion to great music. Uh, it is a classic Nor- uh, Northern California-style beer, hoppy, bold, and crushable, capturing the best of a classic West Coast beer and made with Simcoe and Citra hops. This IPA pairs well with all forms of incredible music, and they're donating a portion of the money to the Cliff Burton Foundation. It's centered on fostering the next generation of musical talent. They handpick young individuals from around the world with the same enthusiasm for music and dedication to their craft as the late bassist Cliff Burton had, which is pretty cool. Now, Cliff Burton IPA will be available for fans in 40 states to buy online through Craft Shack. Not going to be able to get it in New Jersey, maybe in New York. Uh, it'll ship nationwide with some exclusions based on individual state laws, of course. Um, the first 500 customers receive a free poster. Cliff Burton fans who order first will receive the limited edition collectible poster included free with their order. Again, it only ships to 500 customers. So uh, this is a really uh, cool beer. Uh, and if you are a fan of Metallica, you will certainly want to jump on this. Now, when we come back after a short break, Brian Kulbacki, man behind Departed Souls Brewing in Jersey City, New Jersey, is going to join me, or rather, I will join him from the brewery for the next two segments. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Algatulo, Instagram, at Gatulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. God, I go through this every single week. If you haven't figured out how to follow me by now, I can't help you at this point. 
iTunes and Google Podcasts. We're on the Hopped Up Network. We're all over the place on Odyssey, Alexa, the whole, you know, uh, iHeartRadio, all of that good stuff. Just check it out. There's a lot of other beer-related podcasts as well on hoppedupnetwork.com. Those guys do a great job. Check them out. Now, up next, though, we're coming to you from a wonderful brewery in Jersey City, New Jersey. He's the owner and brewer who brews some great gluten-free beers, but he does some really good plenty of gluten-ingredient beers, too. But that's not everything that we're going to be talking about today. We will get to the beer in a few minutes, but we've got some other important stuff to get to first. The name of the brewery, of course, Departed Souls, right here in Jersey City, New Jersey. The website to order beer and for more information is DepartedSouls.com. Let me welcome back to the Craft Beer Cast, Brian Kulbacki. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for having me. Thanks Absolutely. for coming to Jersey City. Yeah. Right, listen, it's a nice little spot. The parking is a little slim pickings, but listen, that's why they encourage you. Take Uber, take public transportation. It's a good thing because you shouldn't drink and drive. Now, obviously, I want to talk to you about the beers that you make here because it's new. But because it's New Jersey and because we seem to be the state that can have fun, we've got a state. You've, you're literally 11 minutes from New York City. You've got Pennsylvania on the other side of New Jersey. But now we're dealing with a set of rules that were started in 2019 by the NJABC, suspended, then reinstated, then not enforced, but still in effect during the pandemic. I know you've voiced a great deal of displeasure, uh, as you, along with 902 Brewing, had some legislators out here a few weeks back protesting the rules and vowing change. Brian, why do you think the ABC, and indeed the governor, is trying to clamp down on your business? It's, uh, it's really tough to, to kind of even understand why they're doing it at this point. Obviously, there's, there's other forces at play that they're trying to look out for. They've um, claimed that it's about fairness and balance for all liquor license holders, but um, it, it seems like it's very much targeting one industry and it's targeting activities that you know almost every other small business in the state of New Jersey hosts or does. Um, so it, it's pretty convoluted and pretty confusing. I, I can't even give you a, a reasonable or fabricated answer as to why or how it can make any sense to do. Yeah, it, it really doesn't make sense. And when the original rules, or should I say the next generation of rules, were enacted back in 2012 to allow for tasting rooms, more than just a few four-ounce samples, buy your beer and leave, the original creators of those rules never meant for it to be permanent. They were hoping that it would kickstart wholesale changes in the state, liquor licenses, etc. That hasn't happened. But you stated on social media, along with many others, that the ABC is overreaching in terms of regulating more than just alcohol that the ABC is regulating entertainment. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, they're preventing us from doing a certain amount of special events. They're, they're asking us to keep uh, logs of people that visit our brewery, which, which seems like they're diving into having people's personal information, which I, I don't see how they're entitled to. Um, I don't, frankly, see how we as, as businesses are entitled to log and keep that information. Um, you know, the restricted amount of private parties that we're allowed to have, the entertainment that we're allowed to offer our guests. Um, you know, they talk about how we can promote events, which kind of kind of seems like it, it touches the toes in the water of, of free speech at that point. So, um, you know, there's I think there's 18 or 19 things in this special ruling. And I'd say more than half of them seem to just just cross the line of economic freedom and um, capitalism, honestly. And, you know, what's interesting to me, you brought the first one up about keeping a log of people that come here. What if somebody comes in and decides, I don't want to give you my personal information? What happens at that point? Yeah, I think we kind of have to turn them down, right? And, you know, so at first we're uh, put in the, the crosshairs of people that, you know, didn't want to obey um, 
um, restrictions on capacity during COVID. And then we're put in the crosshairs of people that don't want to wear masks during COVID. Uh, and now all of a sudden we have to keep name and, and contact information for everybody that comes in our brewery and takes a, a tour. So it's, it's, it's just getting excessive. And, and how do you ask somebody that works one or two bartender shifts a week just because they love craft beer to now have to deal with that constantly? And, and then we have to deal with it because they leave us the negative reviews. And it's, it's just every which way that they can um, you know, make our lives more and more difficult and make the lives difficult of the part-time workers or the full-time workers in breweries more difficult. Uh, it's hard to have a pleasant, all-around enjoyable experience at a brewery with these restrictions. We're talking with Brian Kulbacki. He's the man behind Departed Souls. We're recording this inside the brewery here in Jersey City. The website to order beer and for more information is DepartedSouls.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. All of the breweries in New Jersey are asking people to write the legislature, voice your opinion, write the governor, whom as of today, Wednesday, has yet to respond. Why do you think the governor hasn't responded? (laughs) Um, You know, I think for probably the same reason that uh, we haven't, um, you know, same reasons why we haven't have these restrictions in the first place. You know, there's obviously a lot of people that um, voiced opinions with the ABC, the powerful people that, that got these uh, probably in place in the first part. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's a politician and, and he's got to do what's best for, I guess, his political future. And, you know, whether he plans on um, staying in Jersey or has bigger aspirations after Jersey in 2025, I'm sure that's all being weighed into it. But, um, you know, it sure seems like the people have spoken, the breweries have spoken, small businesses have spoken and, and are against this. So hopefully um, once the legislature is in session or, or can get a, a piece of his ear, um, it gets fixed real fast. And I think that's what the governor is trying to do here. I think he's trying to force the legislature to to enact rules, which, again, was the original intent of the bill in 2020, to get the, the, the legislature moving on, you know, getting into the 21st century. I mean, let's let's be fair. The rules that are in place right now are essentially prohibition-era rules, and it's ridiculous. New Jersey needs to come into the 21st century, and I just don't understand why. And I think he wants to get that legislature in session in September, get a bill passed, to benefit you guys and everybody else. Listen, this is the same guy, and this is just my opinion, folks, that where he was touting last year, get your shot, get a free beer, and you guys had to get special dispensation from the ABC just to allow that to happen because, according to the rules, it's illegal, which is not good. Now, you were also in the news recently, Brian, uh, with a huge offer to Johnny Gaudreau if he had signed with the Devils, he would get free beer from you for life. Sadly, he ended up signing with, I think it was the Blue Jackets. I wanted him to sign with the Flyers, but they, would, they, didn't, want, they didn't want to take a pass on him. But if he had signed with the Devils, what you were proposing is illegal according to the rules by the, that the ABC laid down. And as I just mentioned, they seem to be back in the 20s, and I don't mean the 2020s, I mean the 1920s. But I also think that the Restaurant Association themselves has a lot of influence over the ABC. Agree or disagree? I would definitely agree with that. I mean, in Jersey City, we have 260-plus liquor licenses and, and two breweries. And obviously, we're the second most populous uh, town in New Jersey. But, um, you know, you, you multiply that out throughout the state of New Jersey. There's, there's more liquor licenses 
in Jersey City than there are breweries in the entire state. There's three counties in Pennsylvania with more breweries than the, sti- the state of New Jersey. So, you know, with every liquor license holder, there's, uh, you know, another owner, there's more money, uh, and there's just no feasible way for a brewery to compete uh, with that, that numerically or financially. And what I don't seem to understand, and the governor touted this last year, he's touted it before, he's gone on record about how the breweries are good for the state, it's good for tax revenue to over, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on the show, $2 billion in tax revenue just from the breweries alone that is going into the state of New Jersey. I, I, again, I can't fathom why the governor wants to, uh, and, the, and the, the ABC, wants to stifle a segment that is actually making money for the state, that is actually putting money in the state coffers as opposed to moving out. So I'm going to pose this question to you before we take a break, and we'll talk more about the beers uh, that you have here, because really that's really the focus of the show. But we seem to be, you know, we've been, we're in this a month now, and we keep, we keep hammering away at this. Um, in, in, in my opinion, or, or let me ask you this. Have you, I know you're 11 miles away from New York City. Has there been any thought about saying, you know what, I'm done with this. I've had enough. I'm pulling stakes. I'm heading somewhere else. It's easier to do, you know, my business in New York or Pennsylvania, say. A hundred percent. You know, we're, we're in a really unique position, I think, compared to almost every other brewery in the entire state. We're in downtown Jersey City, so our rent is a lot more here than, um, you know, any brewery in an industrial park or, or um, in more of the suburb areas in general. So, you know, our rent's pretty exponential. We'd be a lot bigger. We'd have a lot more cooperage. We'd have a lot more tanks, a lot more tasting room space, um, you know, if we weren't in downtown Jersey City. Um, so that restricts our growth in general. So, you know, that's always been a consideration. Um, now that we can't do these special events, it's going to make it a hell of a lot lar- harder to pay Jersey City rent. And such a huge part of our business model from day one has been the community and charity events, um, in particular charity events, honestly, and charity beers. And um, now this restricting us, it makes it hard for us not only to do business, but to be the brewery that that I set out to be. So, um, you know, considering the fact that we need to grow and considering the restrictions on how we can make money, um, you know, basically as soon as this came down, it, it came to the point where it was like, all right, maybe it's, it's time to pack our bags. And, you know, New York City, wide open in terms of liquor licenses, wide open in terms of brewery licenses. Uh, and you don't hear that they need to do stuff to, for fairness or, or equality of business. Pennsylvania put a flyer out there that said, hey, come to Pennsylvania. Yep. So, um, you know, it's definitely a consideration for us. We're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back with more from Brian Kulbacki. He mentioned charity beers. There's a couple of them that are coming out very soon. And I want to talk to him about one in particular. In fact, he's wearing a shirt right now, which for me gives it away. I know that he had a contest on uh, social media uh, 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 earlier in the week uh, trying to get people to guess who the um, charity was and the beer. We'll get into all of that along with a lot of other stuff coming up next after this timeout on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer We're coming to you from Jersey City, New Jersey, the home of Departed Souls. They've been here for seven years, and this year is, you know, with all these new restrictions and stuff, I'm hoping is not a struggle for them because this is, it's honestly to me, folks, and you've heard this from me for the last couple of weeks, it's just getting too crazy. Now, Brian Kobaki rejoins me here, the owner and brewer of Departed Souls. Brian, a couple new beers are out. Let's dive into the first one, which you guys released last week. It's not a phase, Mom. Which, uh, what kind of beer is this? 
Uh, it's not a phase, Mom. is a, a hazy IPA, 6.1%. Uh, a lot of wheat, a lot of barley, a little bit of oats in there, and then just a, a ton of citra and mosaic. Uh, kind of just playing up the fact that as much as we want lagers to, to take back over the world, hazy IPAs aren't going anywhere, so uh, it ain't a phase. And you know what? It's a good, a, the, I, the, the one positive I think we can t- all take out of this pandemic is the fact that a lot of brewers, yourself included, were able to do more lagers and pilsners and, and you know, beers that take longer to make because you had the time to make them, even though you were trying to get stuff out so that you could keep sales moving along. I love the fact that we're seeing this sort of renaissance of lagers when IPAs have been, you know, just dominating the market uh, for the last couple of years. Now, you also teased earlier this week a new collab you're doing with a former NFL quarterback, a legend at a college in Boston, played on in a bunch of places in the NFL, uh, and also they named a cereal after him. Tell us a little bit about the Flutie Flakes beer. <laughs> so I'm a, a Boston College alumni, uh, huge, huge fan. Uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Doug Flutie uh, won the Heisman Trophy at BC, uh, perhaps uh, best known for the Miracle in Miami play. Um, when I was just a, a, a twinkle in my parents' eye, I believe, still at that point. Um, but, you know, we, we do a ton of charity beers, um, and we, we don't just take the, the you know, the, the layups, or we don't always just do the, the nationwide collaborations. Um, we as breweries get hit up, I think, you know, daily to donate to, to every possible cause that there is. And it's really tough to say yes to everybody so what we try and do here is is sort of quarterly pick a charity near and dear to our hearts or a cause near and dear to our hearts um, align ourselves with somebody or a charity Um, and and so we've we've dabbled in a lot of of things from from pediatric cancer to um, you know all uh, all together or curtain up Um, we tried really hard a few years ago to figure out a way you know you walk out our front door you look left you're staring at the world trade center and we tried really hard to figure out a way to make a beer that benefited um, families that continue to struggle uh, from the effects of 9-11, and we worked with the Wells Remy Crowther Charitable Trust on that. Uh, Wells Crowther was a fellow Boston College alumni, and, and sort of ever since then, it's like, all right, you know, we've had a lot of people ask us to do a beer um, for uh, autism acceptance, and you know, it's another tough cause to really associate beer with. And, you know, anytime I think you, you do a charity beer for for something that tugs at heartstrings it also beer is so so associated with good times and laughing and, and whatnot and so it's it's a delicate balance i think to to marry the two um i'm obviously a huge doug flutie fan and so it was more a matter of just kind of harassing him constantly on social media till i got a response it was like yeah like um, i really really want to make a beer with you i uh, really want to do a beer that that um, benefits autism acceptance and autism awareness and, and goes towards uh, associated charities. You obviously have the Doug, Judy, Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism Awareness. Uh, let's make a beer together and I will donate a portion of the proceeds to, to your cause. And um, after a couple of years of harassing him, straight up harassing him, um, possibly even stalking to a degree, uh, Doug finally agreed to make a beer with us. And I, I'm super stoked to, to be putting that out sometime in August. 
That is pretty awesome. We're talking with Brian Kulbacki, the man behind Departed Souls. We're recording this from inside the brewery, the website to order beer. And for more info, departedsouls.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So this beer is going to be available in the brewery, the Flutie Flakes. It's going to be available for distro. But you're also trying to push it to different places as well to get it out there, especially in the places where um, Doug Flutie played, right? Yeah, absolutely. We haven't quite, uh, you know, announced all the fun things we're doing with this beer yet. We've kind of teased a few of them, but um, the beer is actually brewed with Flutie Flakes in it. We, we got fresh Flutie Flakes, um, you know, not the expired ones. Um, you know, we threw a little bit more cereal in there. Um, and, and then sort of as we talked with Doug and his team and the Flutie Flakes team, uh, the, the whole thing kind of spiraled out of control, and um, obviously we have our Boston College connection here, so we wanted to pay tribute to that on the cans, but um, we do have distribution throughout Massachusetts and throughout New York, and um, Doug obviously very, very well known with the Bills um, and the Patriots, obviously the, the Canadian Football League, um, so we wanted to make sure we paid proper tribute to that, and um, this beer will definitely be available in Massachusetts. It'll definitely be available in New York, and, and we're working on a few other places, and um, I think fans of all teams will uh, uh, have a can that catches their eye. Awesome. I've seen the cans. They look great. There are a couple of different styles. We'll get into that uh, later on, but follow them on social media, Departed Souls on Instagram. You'll see all the pictures of the cans when they come out. Um, you got another charity beer that's going in the hopper. Why are you continuing to do all this good, Brian? Why all these charity beers? New Jersey is trying to put a stop to all these good things. Why are you doing this? I don't know. My accountant asked me the same question. <laughs> I, uh, you know, we, my parents met on the volunteer rescue squad in East Brunswick, New Jersey, so they've kind of instilled in me to do a lot of charity stuff. And from day one of starting the brewery, I always said, you know, like, I, wanna, I want a small brewery. I don't want to be big. I want to be the dive bar version of a brewery. We don't need a line at our door or anything like that. Um, you know, I wanted a small team that worked hard but got along great uh, and got, you know, paid a little better than your typical brewery uh, in appreciation for that. And um, to me, the best way to marry all those things is to work with outside the industry people that that help us do this and help us build our brand and help us give back to the community um, the way that my parents always have. And so... Uh, one of the first beers that we did in the collaboration, charity collaboration spectrum was Constantine Kolsch. I'm a huge fan of uh, something corporate, Jack's Mannequin, Andrew uh, McMahon uh, in the wilderness. Um, you know, I, I wanted to brew a Kolsch. I decided to call it Constantine with a K, uh, which is one of their songs. I knew I couldn't really get a cease and desist for it, but I also wanted to do right by the band. So reached out to them. Um, Andrew suffered from pediatric cancer. Uh, which is one of the areas of cancer that um, has made the least amount of progress and gets the least amount of attention uh, in the United States. And, uh, you know, I, I said, I was like, hey, I want to do this. You can't, can't yell at me for it, but I want to do right by you. So we're going to, you know, pay homage to the song uh, with the can art and with the name. Uh, and re in return, we'll, we'll always give a portion of the proceeds back to the Dear Jack Foundation, um, which does a lot of stuff uh, for pediatric cancer. And so every time we brew it, we donate a portion of the proceeds back to Dear Jack, which is an amazing charity. Um, does a lot of stuff sort of like Make-A-Wish um, for pediatric cancer patients. Uh, brings a lot of awareness to it. Um, and so we're excited that we get to bring that beer back out uh, this year. That's very cool. Now, I noticed as I was walking in, you changed the logo to the brewery. So did you feel after seven years it was time for I know that there were some breweries that kind of change their logos every couple of years or whatever, and others that keep 
uh, a constant, you know, because they want people that name recognition or that visual recognition. Do you think after seven years it was time for a little bit of a change? Um, it wasn't so much about a little bit of change. It's that, uh, like you alluded to earlier, we brew uh, gluten-free beer here. That's, that's kind of our focus. But we also, you know, about 50% of our production is traditional gluten-containing beer. And um, we our gluten-free beer is distributed in six different states at this point um, under the Departed Souls name. Uh, every once in a while, uh, one of those distributors would ask for one of our, our traditional grain beers, um, like Trash Can Banger, uh, which has gotten some, some pretty good recognition in the world. Um, and, and the risk we run when we send that out of state is that a store or a bar will see the Departed Souls name, and since we're more associated with gluten-free beer, they'll um, throw it out there as a gluten-free beer, and, and then the next thing you know, somebody's sick, and or somebody sees hashtag definitely not gluten-free on a can, but just reads gluten-free. So um, we sort of adopted the Jersey City Lagers and Ales moniker um, and that new logo that, that you referenced, and that's what's going on all of our gluten-containing beers, um, which are always in 16-ounce cans, our gluten-free is in 12-ounce cans, but... Um, we're putting that new logo a lot more on the 16-ounce on gluten-containing beers just to try and create um, almost a different brand identity for gluten-free versus, versus not. But that's a great way to distinguish it. I mean, 16-ounce cans, not gluten-free, 12-ounce uh, cans, gluten-free, so that people sort of know the difference, or at least you're hoping that they see that uh, on the can, which is really cool. And um, speaking of which, of Trash Can Banger, which... I find to be a fantastic beer. Forget that it's all, you know, it's all about the Houston Astros and banging cans, trash cans and all that stuff. It's a great beer. That beer is going to be coming back out again. Is that not right? That is true. That is going in the tank uh, tomorrow. Uh, so we would expect that to be out um, mid to late August, sort of right around the same time as we'll have uh, the Flutie Flakes beer out. We'll have uh, the first batch of Red Bandana, our 9-11 charity beer, will also be coming out around the same time. And... Uh, it's August, so you know the gluten-free pumpkin beer has got to be coming out right around then, too. So it's going to be a banger of an end of August, that's for sure. <laughs> I love it. Listen, um, if you haven't been here it, it, to uh, Departed Souls in Jersey City, do yourself a favor. Make the trip. If you're, living, if you're in the city, if you're in Manhattan, it's a hop, skip, and a jump right outside the Holland Tunnel. It's literally a 10-minute a drive from the Holland Tunnel. As soon as you get out of the Holland Tunnel, it's a, it's a couple of lefts and a right, and you're here. Um, take public transportation. If you're in New Jersey, you want to come down here, obviously, easily accessible uh, with New Jersey Transit. My guest has been Brian Klubacki, the man behind Departed Souls, the website to order beer. And for more information on them, departedsouls.com, or follow them on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Departed Souls. Uh, for Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, it's Departed Souls Brewery. Brian, thanks so much for having me here tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks for coming. I hope you didn't get a parking ticket. I hope not either. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. I could listen to that woman all night long. Hailstorm, my redemption from the new Back from the Dead CD. Got a chance to see uh, this lady and her band uh, Thursday night over at PNC Bank Art Center. It was just an unbelievable show. Uh, great job from the uh, rock station in New Jersey, whose name we will not mention. 
uh, because we can't really on the on here on the air. But anyway, uh, great job by that radio station putting that concert on. It was a fantastic show. Let us dive into Suds and Duds as we are back here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer on a bunch of different beers to get to. Some of them from Twin Elephants, some from Bolero Snort. First up, from Bolero Snort, Sour Pasture Calves, the Bull Pop Edition. Great tartness from the cherry, real nice mix from the raspberry and the lime. It's a great beer. Uh, definitely pick some up. Yes, I know it was a 4th of July beer, and it's way past 4th of July, but you know what? We're still in July for uh, well, about another uh, 10 minutes or so, and then we're uh, on to August. Uh, Grapefruit Shandy by Source Brewing. It really is the perfect summer beer. It, it's just it's super light. It's super crushable. It's like less than 4%. It's a great beer to have on a really, really hot day, and uh, so glad I picked up a four-pack of that. Probably should have gotten a couple more. Uh, to keep in the fridge. I love those light uh, ABV beers. They go down nice. You can have a few during the summertime and not feel overwhelmed. Now, one beer that you really shouldn't have too many of in one sitting unless you're home and you know you're not going to get in the car and drive. Ultra Nectaron by Source. A very dangerous, delicious beer. It's juicy. It is at a, a high ABV level. If you, pro- if, I guarantee if you have more than two of these, you really should not uh, be getting in the car because I am telling you right now, you're not going to be able to drive. From a legal standpoint, I had a chance to uh, stop over at uh, Twin Elephant Brewing a few weeks back. It was a Friday. My good friend, Buddy Watson, who we mentioned on the show all the time, the great Buddy Watson, um, he was in town with his daughter and his wife. Uh, she was uh, going to a swim meet, his daughter was. And uh, he was staying uh, in, uh, I think it was Summit he was staying at, the hotel in Summit, I'm pretty sure. And he said, uh, what's around there, you know, beer-wise? And I said, well, Twin Elephant, I'll come and meet you. It's a Friday, you know, let me know what time you get here. Anyway, long story short, um, I didn't think I was going to meet up with him because he told me he was getting in later, and I ended up going to Twin uh, Twin Elephant anyway because it was a beautiful day. I wanted to sit outside. Um, Wasn't sure where to go, and I thought my wife and I were going to end up going out to dinner, which we did not, Um, but uh, stopped in and had a couple of beers, ended up meeting with him a little bit later on while I was there, and boy, I'll tell you, what a good time we had. Pedro Chesparito, I started off with a super crushable Mexican lager, fantastic beer. Uh, if it's still on tap there, absolutely avail yourself of it. You will uh, not be disappointed. Then uh, I moved on to the BU Boo uh, Light, just a nice amount of tartness, kiss of salt, delicious, a great goza style of beer. I, I you know, to me, if you want to, um, if you want to get into sours. Or have an approachable sour. Start with a Goza. Berlin Iron Vice is a good beer to start with as well. But sometimes they may be too sour for some people. But a Goza has just the right amount, depending on how it's made and what you know type of style, you know flavor they're putting in it. Not so, not so much style, but flavor that they're putting in it. Um, there is somewhat of a sour quality to it sometimes. And this one is just one of those beers that if you really want to just dive into, that's one to kind of. Um, Start off with, if, you, if that's what you're looking for, fantastic beer. Uh, this one, though, um, this one was interesting. Marvin Berry. Um, loads of berries, but slightly sour, very thick. Um, I thought it was gonna it, more on the pastry end of sours, but uh, a delicious beer, don't get me wrong. But I, w- I think I was expecting more sourness out of it, especially with all of the different berries that were in it. Blueberry, raspberry, you know, all these different things. I really was expecting more. I don't know, maybe sourness, maybe more tartness out of it, and I didn't get that. Again, I love the beer. It was great. Very thick, very very smoothie, uh, smoothie shake-like. Uh, 
but not exactly if you were looking for that sour tart punch, you weren't going to get it out of this one. Um, the Nash, though, the Citra and Moteca by Twin Elephant is a banging double. Sneaks up on you very quickly. If you have too many of these, definitely sneak up on you. And then um, what else did I have? Uh, the ECFU uh, by Twin Elephant. Nice bite. Digging the West Coast on the East Coast kind of version of this beer. Uh, it definitely pours like a West Coast beer. Drinks a little bit more like an East Coast version of an IPA. Not a juicy one by any stretch of the imagination. Or hazy, don't get me wrong. But... Um, Sometimes when East Coast uh, brewers are trying to make a West Coast IPA, sometimes it doesn't have that dankness that you want. Um, but it, a nice mix of both, uh, really, really nice. And then a 4 a.m. Friday uh, uh, by Twin Elephant, fantastic IPA, dank, smooth, has that you know that New England style of uh, of IPA that you want. Uh, a fantastic beer. And then I took home Best in the Beersness. Uh, which is a, a a crushable light, fantastic lager by Twin Elephant. They did this as a collab with a podcast whose name uh, escapes me at the moment, and I'm sorry about that. I uh, would have loved to have given you credit. Um, but it is, a, a first off, the can art is great. The fact that it was a lager, I knew I was going to buy it and take it home, uh, and I'm glad that I did because it was absolutely delicious. Um, then I had uh, ran over to Paragon Tap and Table over the weekend. I don't think I went, I didn't go to dinner there that night on the Friday night, but Saturday night my wife and I went uh, for dinner and had a um, a Bam Bam Rubble Rubble by Weldworks, liquid fruity pebbles, so good, nice and tart. Now I know that you know Bolero does a fruity pebbles uh, type of beer, but this one by Weldworks really knocked it out of the park. Delicious. I really enjoyed this one a lot. Um, it was, again, Weldworks makes great beers. My friend Kim, who works over at Wet Ticket, she just came back with a bunch of beers uh, that she gave me, a couple from, uh, two of them from Weldworks, um, that I'll be reviewing in the next several weeks. Uh, one of them was fantastic. Um, I'm just going to tease this one. A smoked lager with jalapenos. Now, they classified as a Roush beer, but it says on the can of smoked lager. It was really good, and I'll, I, I'm again I'm teasing forward here because I'm not going to review it today, but I am going to review it in a couple of weeks. It was a delicious beer, and Weldworks puts out some good stuff. Um, they have a couple of their beers in New Jersey. Not everything. Uh, you definitely need to check out the brewery. My best friend Mark is actually in Colorado. He was going to see uh, Tedeschi Trucks at uh, Red Rocks. Stopped at Odell Brewing uh, on Tuesday and sent me some pictures. I had turned them. I told him, "Hey, go to." Um, uh, go to a couple different places. I named a couple of different places for him, um, you know, to definitely to check out. And I hope that he is going to check out uh, those places because he is going to have a really good time. And I have to I have to make a, a journey out to Colorado at some point. I really do, because um, there we've interviewed so many of these breweries from Colorado. And I'm just hearing so much more good things about the Colorado beer scene that I definitely want to take a long weekend uh, and go and check them, check them out at some point. But uh, bringing it back to Jersey uh, for the uh, the final um, the final beer uh, for this week on Suds and Duds. Skellication by Heavy Real Brewing. Nicely done, slight bite, citrus forward. Um, these guys are down at Seaside Heights. I have some time coming up uh, that I'm taking off in August, and uh, I'm definitely planning on making a trip down to Heavy Real. Uh, to go and check them out. Uh, they they do a really nice job on their beers. It's nice to see Paragon Tap and Table getting these beers uh, in somewhat on the regular. 
uh, when they get them in, and it is uh, it is absolutely worth it for me to take that trip down to Seaside Heights. Especially, I have days off during the week, so it's not as much short, short traffic that I have to deal with. I mean, it's a little bit of a ride for me. It's a little over an hour to get down there, but um, it is definitely worth it for me uh, to hit Seaside Heights and hit uh, Heavy Reel Brewing uh, to check these guys out. Uh, they, they make some fantastic stuff. Folks, we are out of time for this week on the program. Um, I want to thank Brian Kubacki um, for uh, giving me the opportunity to come by uh, to the brewery for the first time. I mean, I had thought I had been there. Uh, I didn't think I had been there before. I've had plenty of Brian's beers. But that's the first time I was actually at uh, the tap room, and it was great to catch up with Brian and all the good stuff, the information that he shared with us, including the new beers that are going to be coming out uh, in the next several weeks and the ones that are out now. Check them out in Jersey City. Uh, you will not be disappointed. And, of course, keep up the pressure on those New Jersey legislatures. Folks, the governor of the state of New Jersey has the ability to stop this, um, these restrictions on New Jersey right now, and he refuses to do it. He's waiting for legislation, and to me, that's 45 days too late for some of these businesses. They may end up going out of business, and that would be a bad thing. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 